0: Once upon a time, there were tens of thousands of makers struggling. Every day, they built for hours and hours, but didn't ship and did not earn enough income. One day, the No Code Wealth podcast came to help them find a way. Because of this, makers became founders and lived the lives they deserve. Because of that, founders live lives of abundance, freedom, and creativity. That's what I'm really all about hello my name is aziz and from being a poor boy born to a single mother in north africa with no opportunities just sheer hard work to failing multiple startups yet learning a whole lot to barely escaping alive the war in ukraine even living as an illegal immigrant i've lost everything twice and now i'm rebuilding my life one more time one percent today sharing the wisdom of luminaries i've interviewed on this podcast from google executives goldman sachs the financial times forbes technology council world economic forum harvard university and even a priest from the vatican church everyone is welcome here so let's begin My guest today is Julie Barbier LeBlanc. Julie is the Chief Executive Officer at Merit Incentives. She is an award winning CEO and entrepreneur with a demonstrated history of working in Europe and in developing markets. Julie is the founder and CEO of Merit Incentives, which is a bill to be technology company with offices in the UAE, Saudi Arabia, Singapore, Egypt and the United Kingdom. Merit Incentives has a network of over 4000 partner brands across 86 countries. Its clients include Riyadh Bank, Vodafone, HSBC, Etihad Guest and Amazon. She is also the co founder and member of the Women in Incentives Network. Julie holds the Entrepreneur of the Year Incentives Award 2019. Her company was listed by Forbes Middle East as one of the top 12 rising companies in the Middle East in 2018. And as one of the top 100 innovative startups in the Arab world in 2017, as well as winner of the French Creative Entrepreneur Award in 2016. Her work is focused on gifting. Rewards, e-card technology, loyalty, and incentives programs. I love this. A lot of achievements, a lot of value that we will share during this conversation. So, Julie, how are you today?
1: I'm very good, and uh, I'm I'm a bit shy. I have to say when you list all these things because. Um, It's it's a long list, so it's always a bit impressive. But um, I'm very happy to be there. I love talking about uh, our company, about the achievements, and and really excited to share uh, the knowledge and passion behind the company.
0: Thank you, and that's why you know I'm so excited about this interview. As well as it's it's good for you to remember your achievements because we keep on being busy with our day-to-day activity, and we don't take time to appreciate all the effort. And so to ask you, why merit? What's the importance of incentives? And why did you choose to focus on that part of, uh, you know, the services that can be provided?
1: So I think um, the why behind the company is very important, because um, it's not my first company. Uh, The first time I, I created a company was in 2011. And my first company was a B2C website for gifting. And I originally started it in Dubai and I faced all the issues you can face as an entrepreneur, all the excitement as well, but a lot of challenges. And Merit Incentives has been designed uh, for leaders, for businesses, to help them engage internally with their employees and externally with their customers one of the big things that i believe in is that um, companies and businesses especially after the pandemic needs to have tools and technologies that help them align their employee engagement strategy and their customer uh, experience strategy that's why incentives play a key role because that's one way of educating and changing behavior is to provide rewards and incentive when people which is either customer or employee demonstrate good behavior so good behavior can be very wide it can be uh, anything actually uh, depending on your business depending on your objectives but at least you we now with technology automation better processes and we are able to help businesses to do it faster and better
0: thank you I love this. And I know that, for example, Charlie Munger, he speaks about how all business is incentives, and aligning incentives, but I will play the devil's advocate a little bit and ask this question. There is a lot of research and talk about intrinsic motivation and extrinsic motivation, where if employees love to do something, and you make it a game where they get rewarded for doing it, in the end, they will overwork, they will lose the passion, it becomes to them just work rather than something that they love. Do you agree with this? How do you deal with it? What's your perspective on this fact?
1: I think it's, it's uh, true. And that's why our, our work is, is not an easy one. First of all, because you have a different segmentation uh, even inside an employee base, you can have different motives, different age, different gender, different position and different expectation. So I agree with you that one rule doesn't apply to all employees and one game can have a reverse effect as well and achieve something that you didn't want to to do. But the most important thing is to be, um, uh, Agile, so Agile is kind of a distorted world these days, you know, like where everyone is using it all the time. But what is important is if you have a tool or technologies that give you insight, so you get feedback, you can have the feedback from the manager, you can have a feedback on performance, a feedback on engagements, and you can adjust, but you always have a side effect. I, I will give you an example. I have, uh, so in my personal life, I have three kids. And I decided one summer because my kids were not really doing anything. They were not moving so much. And, you know, like they tend to look too much at the screen and I wanted to encourage them to, to exercise. And I told them, okay, if you do a certain number of laps in the pool, then I'm going to give you points. And with the points at some point, you're going to get a gift. Actually, they tricked my system. They fraud it in one day because what they did the three of them teamed together and they achieved the 100 labs that they were supposed to do in two weeks they achieve it together in one day and they told me you promise us to give us points and a gift if you do this 100 labs and i had no choice because i said it but i didn't think that someone can float the system or it can have a counter effect so Tools and technologies and incentive and rewards are amazing tools, but you still need the human aspect of things, and you need to be able to adjust uh, on situation.
0: Thank you. So it's very important to understand that whatever tool you have, you have to still use your brain and use human feedback in order to know what happens as well as that gamification comes with the possibility for humans who like to take shortcuts to try to game the system. And therefore, it's to find where that could be happening in order to improve, iterate and make things work in the way that you designed and wanted. Is this correct?
1: Yes, exactly. And the thing as well, you have um, certain segments that will be more receptive. For example, if you look at Gen Z, they love instant rewards, they love uh, gamification aspect. Doesn't mean that they, they are more naive or whatever. it's just they are used to it and they like it. They like this kind of communication. What we try to do with different segments, uh, for example, age or position, senior management. We give incentives and rewards that speak to them. Charity, uh, giving back, sharing, non monetary, meaningful. So it's just sustainable. So there are things that will trigger something in you that will be beyond, that will really motivate you and, and push you to do something.
0: Thank you very much. And there are two schools of thought about what you mentioned like instant rewards or instant gratification one of them says, Well, in this world, we might be working today for results that we'll see after a year, two years, whatever. So we need rewards on the journey in order to keep ourselves motivated. While other people say, actually, you're destroying the brain by giving like instant gratification, and therefore people don't know that things take a long time, they want their instant dopamine results. So in many ways, you're becoming like Instagram or a social media platform. What's your perspective on these two things? Which one do you agree with? And how do you do it?
1: I think both are correct. But um, I think the, the interesting piece is if you can, can offer a hybrid system, If you can get instant rewards and at the same time, build something meaningful. Uh, what we see is that, uh, people believe very much in sharing. People believe very much into building something as a team. So maybe building something on the long term, something as a team, not as an individual, and as an individual, we expect instant gratification and you, you can't really blame anyone because it makes a lot of sense. Um, we have now the words that keep changing constantly there is so much uncertainty and so much difficulty you cannot be graduated from university and say in 20 years i'm going to be a senior manager in in that company because you don't know maybe you will pivot maybe you will change completely career in the middle so i think it's it goes with a. With the flow, and it's just because things are are faster. We are more global. We are more connected. We are more. But I think it's it's not a bad thing. You just need to be careful, and you need to think ahead and understand what can be the counter effect of any any kind of initiative.
0: Thank you. I love that answer. And to ask you about customer like gifts and uh, rewards and incentives there are people who say, of course, reciprocity is one of the most powerful things or forces in the universe. When you give people something, it creates goodwill that makes them bond with you, with your brand and want to return. While others say we live in a virtual world where people are hiding behind screens. That's why for example, on YouTube, people can leave mean comments that they wouldn't say in real life. And therefore they say, Yes, like trolling. And therefore, there is no more customer loyalty, because there isn't like a direct kind of specific relationship where they see you when they're deciding not to buy or to leave, or whatever. So what do you think about this?
1: I think that's why our tools are so interesting. And that's why rewards and incentive strategy are thriving now. It's because Businesses or leaders are a bit lost, so many touch points, so many people. And you need now to act with your own employees. Like if you speak to your customers, you need to have a strategy. You need to acquire talent. You need to make them excited about the future. So even internally, you are never at ease. It needs to be constantly uh, another challenge. I agree that virtual world or digital world has some aspects that are a bit concerning, but if you put a framework and if you have um, an understanding of what is good and bad and analyze and constantly, I think innovation is the best thing ever. It helps us to be closer to people that we couldn't be close to before, you know, distance, situation, um, I don't know, family issues or whatever uh, can, can happen and then prevent you to, to be connected. So it's the same in business. I think we should, um, we should see the positive aspect of things. Uh, we need to be, of course, cautious, not go full on. But uh, as long as you have rules and you, you are aware that I think there is no harm to it.
0: Thank you this is really good. And therefore, I'll ask you about your journey as a founder, CEO and everything. You had a company before where you said you faced every problem that any entrepreneur could ever face. And now you're a lot more successful with merit uh, incentives. And some people will say, look, in the beginning of any journey, you need to face a lot of difficulties until the moment where there is a breakthrough and that idea will work. While there are other people and many entrepreneurs who say actually, when you find an idea that people want already, that's when things will market themselves. It's all about the idea It's not about uh, persevering in the face of adversity, and having a great team that is struggling and all that do I mean, of course, it's possible to say there is a mix of both. But in your experience, is it that either getting lucky or finding a great idea is the biggest thing that makes a company work? Or is it all about being someone who works so hard to build a reputation to force like life to go your way and in the end, to iterate enough to find something that works? but without it, like you make it work? Or is it the idea that makes everything work?
1: To me, the biggest, uh, I would say, things that you need to remember, if one day you want to become an entrepreneur is that resilience is key. If you don't, if you're not resilient, if you're not willing to persevere, if you are not willing to push your idea uh, above and beyond, then it's not for you because you will have more no's than yes, and you will have more fails and success, especially at the beginning. So actually my first company, I still have it, is still part of our group, and we just pivoted. What we did, we came from B2C, and we created Merit Incentive as a B2B activity of gifting, rewarding, and incentivizing people. So yes, it's about understanding, listening to the customers, Innovation, the idea you, you can have an idea, you can see a perception or something that could is absent in the, in the market, is lacking, and people are looking for it. But the most important thing is listening to the customers, because they would be the one giving you the ideas, they would be the one uh, making you push your product to the next level, give you the features that would make this success that you didn't have before. And sometimes it's a combination, of course, of uh, market fit opportunity, a bit of luck um, and also understanding uh, risk and and attracting opportunities like making sure that when an opportunity presents itself then you you grab it and you don't let it go. So I think both sides are okay but the idea is one thing but it's more about how you're gonna implement it and operate.
0: Thank you. And to ask you even more about your experience. How important do you find networking to be? Because there are some founders who believe if I spend all my time improving my uh, product, my service, then people will see the value and it will grow over time through resilience, as you mentioned, while others say you don't really understand that one person could 10x your results in one day and therefore, networking should be a high priority for you. And it opens doors that you should really make it one of the top if not the number one thing that as a CEO or as someone in the C suite you spend your time on. Do you agree with this? How was your experience with it? Did it open doors for you? And tell me more.
1: So personally, in my experience, I always use uh, networking a lot, especially in this region. So we are headquartered in Dubai and there is a word that uh, everyone uses here called WASTA, uh, which means connection and relation. Um, it's something very important. Like if, to me, it has always been something that's uh, helped me to process an idea. Uh, To be able to connect with people, to be able to talk about the business, maybe too much sometimes, uh, and uh, confront, you know, keep talking about your idea, talking about the product and so on, help you to define what, what will work. At the same time, you have moments in the entrepreneurship life, especially when you are not funded enough at the beginning and so on, where you need to work really hard. And you need to be entirely focused. Once you see the opportunity you grab to deliver, you need to be absolutely focused and just put a hold on networking. If you spend your time on cocktails and being outside and talking to people, when are you delivering? A new team needs you to be there. It's important as a leader that you spend time with the team, that you spend time talking to them, that you show that you are highly involved in the business. So, it's a combination of both. Uh, but it's network has been very important. And one more thing, in this region, um uh, women network has been very important to me.
0: Thank you. Yes. I understand also it's about adapting to a culture, it's about people helping each other, it's about women networks. And I know you're the co-founder of one of the organizations for women in incentives, and therefore Let's speak back about merit incentives. Let's say we I am someone in the decision maker in a company, I want to add more incentives to my employees and to my clients using your what you offer. How is that not going to add more work on my plate? How are the processes going to integrate? what to expect. Can you explain like the process and what happens as well as where can f- people find more information about merit incentives and explore more possibilities together?
1: So Merit incentive was originally created in 2016 to serve many enterprise clients. What we wanted to do is to have them like I said, engage internally with their employees and externally with their customers. So we have built a white-label platform that allows you to launch your own customer loyalty program. So for example, for a bank, for airline, telecom, oil and gas company, governments, and the same type of platform for employee engagement. So when we discuss with enterprise companies and we spend time with them, we're going to do a workshop, we're going to listen to all the stakeholders, and we come back with a program design and help them to implement it. But the beauty of what we have done recently is that um, we raised our series A round and the idea was based on the name Merit. We believe in meritocracy. We believe that any company in the world should have access to any enterprise software. So we turned and pivoted our enterprise software uh, available for large companies into a self-serving, self onboarding platform. And we launched this quarter um, a first platform called rewardsby.com. It's a platform that helps you to engage uh, your employees and your customers in one place. And you can do it for any country in the world. So we have now 100 countries available in the platform and 5,000 merchants. So it's even growth since uh, we presented. and. For a very reasonable price, so it starts at fifteen dollars per month. Then any company can just connect and try by themselves. The second thing we have done is we provide not only the technology to reward and engage, but the entire merchant network. Which means all these companies, even if they are based, for example, in the UK, they can have customers in Thailand, in uh, in the US, in uh, France. And they will be able, just with this platform, to send anything they want.
0: Thank you. That's fantastic. And I want to explore this point more. As a manager, how will using incentives with merit make me a better manager?
1: I think the fact that one of the key metrics, of the key metrics that we look at, is the engagement ratio. And the t- satisfaction, so satisfaction is a bit more subjective, but the engagement ratio is key, how much your team is ready when you are launching an incentive and rewards campaign is ready to change a behavior or to continue to have specific behaviors that you want to encourage. I'll give you an example. We launched recently with the company, uh, they are, uh, employee attendance company. It's a software that allows to check if your employees are on time, if they are, um, you know, connecting at the right time, especially for customer service, you don't want someone to arrive late, because then of course, your customer would be impacted. So we decided to launch with them a positive campaign. Usually in a company, when you arrive late, what happened, people with a deduct from your salary, right? So we just give you a kind of punishment and tell you, okay, you will earn less and you have a warning. What we decided to do is to do positive campaign. If you always arrive on time for one month or one quarter, then you get points. With these points, you can get access to rewards or to an incentive. So we turn actually the positivity of this campaign to change behavior or to encourage behaviors that the company want to to push
0: Thank you so much this is fantastic and I want to know then even more how was the change of business culture going from Europe to Dubai and the Middle East what positives or things that you noticed that were totally different to your expectations that were a culture shock in business that you notice. So someone who might be thinking about going to Dubai or the Middle East to start working and they come from a totally different culture could know more.
1: I think what is I personally love this aspect, but I know it's not easy for everyone is the fact that uh, you are confronted or exposed to so many nationalities and so many different cultures. So you absolutely need to come with an open mind. And more than an open mind, a stretch mind, (laughs) because every day you're going to be challenged. Every day the way you think you are doing things right, actually is not the right way to do in another country. And you need to be able to embrace this culture, to be able to accept and change the way you are working. You bring your own specificity and your own expertise, but at the same time you should be open to receive And this is one of the things that I find the most challenging. I can see it with expats that are coming now. The first six months, one year is extremely difficult. Why people are acting this way? Why are they working that it could be so much more simple? But it's not about judging. It's about noticing, understanding, accepting, and then making it as part of of your DNA, something that you should accept. Only in our company, we have more than 90 nationalities, I think now, and it's not an issue. We celebrate every single um, religious holiday. We are very open-minded and so on. Um, at the same time, one, one thing that really surprised me, as a, as a woman, everyone is asking me anytime, but isn't it difficult for you? Like, How do people accept you? Do you think it's easy? And to be honest, I've been more accepted and more respected in the Middle East than I've been in Europe. Because people don't judge me. They think that if I'm in my position, it's not important to know if I'm a woman or not. Actually, they respect it more. And they value family. They value the fact that um, you do both, that you are able to, to achieve. And, uh, and they are proud of you. It's um it's kind of an interesting way of seeing things and that's why when I come back to Europe everyone is always surprised about the fact that it's been 12 years I'm here and I'm so happy.
0: That sounds really fantastic and interesting and the way that the world is moving to be a small village but as well as a freedom for you to go where you feel you belong and where you feel you integrate best and that's a total privilege that we have nowadays. Thank you so much. I will make sure of course, to write the details on merit incentive in the description to this episode. And of course, before we finish, thank you so much, Julie, this was my privilege, my honor. I wish you to keep going. You're doing a lot of great things. And I wish you a great day.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me.